And I'm not bragging. It's just that I didn't believe in Santa Claus at two and a half, and nobody had to tell me. I'm not bragging here, but you know, not everybody's family founded Texas. Again, I'm not bragging to say that things I've coined become popular parlance. I'm not bragging, but aren't those some big pecs? I'm not bragging when Jeff Bridges calls me. I knew Vladimir Putin listened on a routine basis. That's not bragging. I'm not bragging. I really have read thousands of books. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not some pseudo-intellectual here. I'm not bragging either. I can pretty much speed read. So I've read, let's not exaggerate. I'm, I'm not bragging. I just keep saying hundreds and it sounds like an exaggeration. I've probably read 200 naval history books of the U.S., England, France, China, Japan, the Netherlands, the Romans, the Greeks. I mean, I really got into naval stuff for some reason. I know about the maps of the South China Sea. I'm not bragging. I just, I just know it in my head. And I'm not bragging. I mean, it's a fact, folks. I can think 50 levels up, okay? I'm not bragging. It's just a fact. Not bragging. It's, again, I'm not bragging. This isn't Alex Jones's head got big. And I'm not bragging today. I'm Mr. Cool. The only reason I've always been the coolest guy around. When I was 12, and I'm not bragging, this is a normal behavior, I was going after women. I mean, I'm not bragging, but I was 14 dating college chicks. I, I'm not bragging. I can't help it. I start just saying, here, here's $50 bills. You ladies all have whatever you want. This is big, big, big mojo, okay? I mean, I'm not bragging. I mean, I'm not bragging. I just want you to get the newsflash here. I am the person that popularized the term false flag. Chuck Norris listens to us almost every day. He's not bragging about Chuck Norris. And I'll guarantee you I'm a lot stronger than Hillary. I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm a lot stronger than her. Abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack. Hello, abs in a six-pack. What is all this stuff? What the hell is this? It's after the six-pack episode 124, and I'm not bragging, but I am here joined by Charlie Robinson, the author of The Octopus of Global Control, which is a book I like, and the new one I haven't read yet, Hippo Crazy, which Midnight Mike told me was a book about hippos. I think I might be disappointed when I read that one. It's not about hippos. Oh. No, I did. It's read not that. even. Per, it's not even pronounced that way. It's hippo crazy. I know. I just meet Mike. Mike. Uh, every time he brings it up on the show, he's like hippo crazy. Uh, I no, know. I, I did like. I got the. I bought back. I think the first time I heard you was on Grimerica, and I ended up buying the book, The Octopus of Global Control. Loved it. Gave it. Regifted it to my normie uncle, who thinks Oswald nice. acted alone and all this stuff. And uh, I don't know what he oh, did with Jesus. it. He probably burned it. Uh, but I certainly hope so. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's not for everybody. Well, I and think, uh, I think your yeah, book, that's a, that's a it's a good entry though. It's a good entry point for people like your uncle who are sort of normies. Like you can kind of like ease them into it. You know, I don't go immediately into interdimensional reptilian shapeshifters or anything like that. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like use a little bit of lube before we go down that path. But right. uh, but I think the octopus will kind of. Uh, get people familiarized with some of the concepts there and then they can sort of do with that what they want. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, the, the term would be like baby's first red pill, but you include everything in there. You know, it's like, um, it's a great, I mean, it's been a couple of years now since I actually read it, but I remember it being like, there's just undeniable stuff, uh, direct quotes, you know, sources. Um, yeah. So. Imagine that. I mean, I, 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 I wanted to show, that you know it was like it all kind of came out of a out of a, a thanksgiving dinner gone awry that i was a part of <laughs> where i made the mistake of bringing up 9-11 and i watched like the entire table turn on me you know it was my my ex-wife's family oh god <clears throat> they were 
the, the, her brother was like, go, go. You know, he was like, he, he was all into it. And, 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 but everyone else was mortified that I brought this up. And what I realized was that, you know, they didn't view me as having any sort of particular authority on any of these topics. Obviously it was the wrong time to bring it up. And, and, and I recognize that, but, but they didn't, they didn't recognize me as, as being, anybody with any sort of credibility in this uh, on a debate like that. But what I did know was that they, they viewed other people as, as having credibility, you know, people like in the public eye, people on, on mainstream media, people that they recognize for whatever reason, if it wasn't me saying it, but it was them saying it, it seemed like it carried a little bit more weight. So when I started writing the octopus book, what I, one of the parts I wanted to get into was, or the main component, like sort of the main format of the book was that I wanted to bring in all these quotes from, you know, over 500 different people that had like a, a an opinion on, on some of the most important uh, events in our history, or they were either involved in it. They have some sort of connection to it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, well, forget me, like take me out of the equation, right? You don't believe me. You don't think I have any sort of special uh, knowledge or any authority on this s- subject. You, you, you're being dismissive and rolling your eyes when I say the New World Order. What if I showed you where George H.W. Bush mentioned it 200 different times during his time in office? What about the Pope? What about the Clintons? What about, you know, the Queen? What, I've got all these people talking about this New World Order. Would it make it more real if you knew that they were talking about it? And of course, the answer is, well, yeah, I mean, it'd be totally different if I knew that they were talking. So that, that my feeling was, okay, well... Here you go. Here's John Kerry. Here's uh, John McCain. Here's uh, Barack Obama. Here's all of these people that you recognize that you think are, you know, above reproach. They're all talking about this new world order. Is it real to you now? You know, and so I, I wanted to kind of hit people with that that direction, which is which is that the names that they recognize, um, you know, for whatever reason, hear what they have to say about these events. And some of the people are very upfront about it, you know, like the Rockefellers and Clintons and Bushes of the world. They'll come right out and tell you what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for others, it's a little bit more subtle. So I, I feel like if you get that book and you read through it, you'll be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that this stuff is out there. It's like, how come I haven't heard of it? It's like, well, how come you haven't heard that David Rockefeller wants to start a one world government? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because they own the media. (laughs) Maybe that's why you haven't heard that, you know? So, so I wanted to kind of make it fun. Uh, You know, I mean, I guess as fun as, as the, as the content and those topics can be, um, but also do it in a way that was, um, I don't know. They kind of came at it from a different angle. So, so that's 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 the octopus book. That's the that's the book your your uncle has is probably just, you know, like you said, probably just threw it away. You know, because yeah. <laughs> because if you you can't you can't read that book, and then look at these people the way you did before, you just can't because you you see them in a totally different light. And so some people are un unwilling or unable to sort of take that on, and they don't want their their view of the world challenged because it's their view and they're comfortable with it. And it's a pain in the butt to, to go back and have to rethink all this stuff. So they're just like, I'm fine believing what I believe. Please don't intrude on that. And you know, those are people you'll never reach, but for anybody else, that's like, what are you talking about? You mean there's a, there's a, there's another way of looking at this situation. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Here it is. And it's in this book. Take a look at it. So that's, that's where I was coming from with, with that one. Yeah. I'm going to have to get, uh, <laughs> hypo crazy. 
Is it? It's yes. it's hip. Yeah. Um, I just it's, like hippo. I like hippo. But like Mike has that stuck in my head now. Yeah. Well, that's fine. We can you do can it. Like, it's just, it's the word. <laughs> I've, I most definitely will. It's the word hypocrisy, but I just changed yeah, yeah. The, uh, two of the last letter, letters to make it hypocrisy. So, and then of course I've got, I've got Uncle Sam on the cover, or the Uncle Sam car- cartoon character in a straight jacket in a mental institution, and I think that that like sort of uh, I, that concept is very uh accurate i think that people look at america right now and they go oh yeah you guys are all crazy you're run by lunatics your media is full of uh pathological liars your banking system is a mess your medical industry though it claims to be the best in the world is the number three leading cause of death for all of these people people are crazy (laughs) and uh, uh yeah it's it's a it's a it's actually a a fitting a fitting cover uh, for where we are and uh and I'm just documenting the collapse, you know. I'm just sitting there just just taking notes on it all. Right, yeah, the Carlin approach. Outside observer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it circle the circle the drain. God, yeah. I was just talking last night. I was uh I was doing a radio show last night and we got on the topic of George Carlin. Like what do you think he would say about today? Like I, I could you imagine his take on 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 everything that we're going through right now, I it just, it would be so, I just I feel like it would be so enlightening and so hysterical, and just, mm-hmm. but I'm also kind of grateful that he didn't have to live through this because he was already disappointed with us. Uh, I wouldn't even but, want to think of what, how he would feel these days. <laughs> they, with every, like Hicks is the same way and all, all the great yeah. uh, c- comedians and thinkers like it, the right and the left both try to use them. Um, to like you know what well, Carlin would say this Carlin would say that but really yeah I think he hated both sides <laughs> equally yeah um, yeah Carlin would tell you to go fuck yourself I'm pretty sure I kind of um, wish Trey Parker and Matt Stone would have uh not necessarily died but gotten uh gotten out of the game a couple years back because what they've been doing with the, these uh, hour-long specials for South Park has really kind of bummed me out I haven't seen the new one yet but what I read was that people were were pretty disappointed with it so I'm uh I'm uh well that and 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 I guess if that's the case then I'm disappointed with it too. They I live you, in Denver and they they bought they just bought La, uh uh Casa Bonita, you know, oh, yeah. if you <laughs> recognize from yeah. the from the the show it's like yeah. a real place and I've been there and it's like the craziest place you've ever been to and it's in the the food is terrible but they it went into bankruptcy after this whole covid situation and they bought it and they're like oh we're going to use this as like a launch party place and I was like oh my god this is That's fantastic cool. yeah so. I, we actually uh, we went to Colorado on the honeymoon we went to South Park itself like you know the little town co- yep. surrounded by snowy mountains on all sides like old, old mining town just a bunch of like Epstein style ranches and for a hundred <laughs> miles in every direction of it. That's just this tiny little tourist town now, but um, yeah, we almost went to Casa Bonita's, but it was just too far out of the way. But, yeah. uh, it It's like you go there and, and the, the dinner is like a, it's like a TV dinner. It really is like a TV dinner, like quality God. wise, the look Ugh. and everything. Like you basically go there and, and people are like, where do you guys want to go to dinner after Casa Bonita? Because you wouldn't even think of like really eating the food there. It's disgusting. So it's, but, but it's actually just like in the show, like there's like, you know, divers and waterfalls and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the video game, and there's an arcade, but the, the arcade is like, going. it's, it's really like going and in, getting into a DeLorean and going back to like 1982. It's like, 
all the games in there. It's like Joust, uh, Berserk, you know, like all the games from, from that era, none of the buttons work. All the controllers are broken. Like you get the <laughs> feeling that the, the buttons broke in 1984 and they're like, eh, you know, we'll get around to fixing it. So, so like half the video games don't even work. It, it, the whole thing is like, it's like the restaurant that shouldn't exist, and that's why it went bankrupt. Right, like, right. Yeah. If you're trying to run a restaurant and you made a list of all the things not to do, that <laughs> would be it. And then you added uh, a big pool and like a big cliff, and then they get dressed people up in gorilla suits, and they have them chase these guys, and then they these guys run off the rocks and do flips and land into the wall. I mean, the whole thing is like an acid trip. It's really, really tough to kind of wrap your head around. I wonder if there's like a virtual tour of it or something, like a video on YouTube. Might have to check that. Out. I don't know, but the, the the episodes that they've done where they where they show it, it seems like they're taking creative liberties. They're not. It's yeah, exactly I, as they draw it. it it's they had just a Casa Bonita's uh, DLC in the uh, the second South Park video game, and I got that. And it's supposed to be like a you even go in the arcade and you go into like the treasure room and all this stuff. It's supposed to be a pretty spot on representation. I'll have to check that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, I've only been you, once, but... Um, did you see the QAnon episode they did, the one before this latest one? Mm-mm. They, no, they basically... Uh, they Have you seen... You've seen Basketball, that old movie? Yeah. Uh, well, they, they... Like, at a certain point, they're like... I guess it turns out kind of that QAnon is real in a tongue-in-cheek way and that the whole world is run by satanic blood-drinking pedophiles. And they talk about mm-hmm. adrenochrome and stuff there, and it shows, like, the... Hollywood elite up on up on the wall and it's like you know and like there's like Hillary and Soros and Epstein on the wall and then there's like actual pictures of Trey and Matt from basketball on the wall with like showing the like the <laughs> red tape you know or the red string everywhere um but they I mean they like, kind of and when PC principal came onto the show they kind of were outright with it like we're gonna be a they pretty much say like we're gonna be a PC show now and then the QAnon one was like the nail in the coffin where they're all but admitting that they're selling out. And this latest one was like, you know, it was pretty much pro COVID vax. There was some funny stuff, like you know, like it's 40 years later and COVID still like, they're finally saying the pandemic's almost over and uh, Jimmy Kimmel's doing jokes <laughs> or it's Jimmy, you know, the kid with crushes, but it's supposed to be Jimmy Kimmel. Right. He's like an adult and he's doing his comedy. It's like live from the Moderna center. So there's like, they had a couple good bits in there, but a lot of it, man, it's just like, man, you guys really are, bending over backwards to not question the uh the narrative at this point i, I will know. have to check it out then i i mean i i love their stuff they've always been so good at uh at at parody i i actually i like the fact that that they went to the to the oscars on acid <laughs> yeah. you know when they were when they're and dressed as jennifer lopez yeah um that's that's i mean that's genius it, it, but 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 logistically speaking you know i wonder if they considered the fact that you're going to be like in a limo and stuck in that entry traffic for like an hour or two i don't think i would want to be stuck in traffic with a head full of acid um i mean i guess being in a limo there's worse places to be right but but still to be in that scenario and go in there they talked about that i thought it was great in the documentary like going from that confined space to all of a sudden outside and you're at at the red carpet when you get outside is like a mind-blowing transition i'm spending yeah an hour or two in a little tight limo 
Um, yeah. I mean, even under under normal circumstances, coming out and, and all of that insanity would be a bit shocking. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, listen, I've I, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, but I've done enough acid to know that uh, you got to be in the right sort of setting. You get yourself in the wrong setting. It becomes like a priority to get yourself out, you know, like, okay, we got to leave. I don't know if your roommate's freaking me out. You you know, he's, I don't know what his deal is. We got to go, you know? And so I've had those (laughs) situations before. I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, uh, I just imagine like, I don't know, the ice, the Oscars would be kind of trippy just to see all these celebrities and stuff like up in, like everybody you see is a celebrity. But then there's like all the flashing cameras and you know everybody's looking at you. That would be like unsettling on acid. Well, we uh, did the first one of the first times we did I did acid, I think. It might have even been the first time. I was with a group of people. I was a sophomore at USC. So we're and it's like a Friday night and there's maybe seven or eight of us. And uh we all take it and we all start to um and we go, well, what are we going to do? We were off campus. We were like a, a block or two away, sort of like we're the fraternity row and where the apartment complexes are. And we're like, well, we should go to, we should definitely go to campus, right? See what's going on. And so, so it's just starting to kind of kick in and we're all starting to feel a little funny. And so we start walking and one of the guys I'm with is this huge guy and, uh, and he's a goofy guy. He's a, a sweetheart of a, of a, of a human being. But when you see him, he's massive, you know? So, so we're walking down the sidewalk in this group and it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, try to keep it together. You know, don't look crazy and and all that (laughs) stuff. No, my eyes are turning bloodshot. I'm going on a trip. I look like I'm doped out of my gourd. That was us for sure. (laughs) But there's a couple walking in front of us. I specifically remember this is the couple walking in front of us and the big guy turns to the rest of us and he's not even like talking to them, but he, he, he just jokingly says, guys, let's commit a murder. And I watched these two people just immediately start sprinting. (laughs) They start running away. I go, dude, like, Hey, hang on a second. Wait, before we go to campus, we have to have a talk. Like you can't be talking about, let's go commit a murder. Those two people thought you were going to murder them. Them. They just went running. They, they they didn't even hang out to to check the situation. They just started running. So we we, we said, okay, okay, we'll, we'll keep it together. So we get to campus and we, we're like, where are we going to go? Well, we hear this music, right? This really loud music. We're like, well, let's go where the music is. <laughs> we go into the to this to this place. It's like in the English department, and they're they're having there's a band that's playing, but the acoustics are all wrong. It's like tile floors and windows all along. So we go into this party, and the music is just like super loud, but not in a good way. And and we're all standing around there, and uh, like like a bunch of morons, right? You know, we're like up against the wall. There's a huge party. There's a lot of people in there, and one by one, we all start kind of saying. I feel like this is a weird party. Like this is a strange party for us to be, you know, attending, you know, why, why are we here of all the places? It's a strange party. And I remember going, no, no, listen, I mean, probably the strangeness is on our end, you know, considering we're all on acid, you know, like, and, and we just stroll along this party, but it continued, right? It just kind of continued. And then about 15 minutes in, I finally, I just go, oh my God, I know what's going on here. And everyone's like, what? I go, we're at the gay, lesbian, transgendered party that that they've thrown on campus. 
that's what's going on. And then as soon as I I had that epiphany and relayed it to the rest of the group, everyone just kind of like, all of a sudden they were like, holy, sh- oh my God, that's exactly what's going on. We had gone to like the transgender mixer party and we had no idea that that was going on. And it took us a decent amount of time to figure that out. And we must have looked insane up, oh up there and then i was like so, was, everyone's like so should we get out of here and everyone's like well let's stay for a couple more minutes <laughs> dude <laughs> eh, i have a god i got a it's not a topper but it's a similar story we were we is this and we weren't even like tripping we is like the first time the first time we ever smoked weed not the first time the first probably the first week so it was like the you know the third second or third time we'd ever smoked and you know the first time we did, didn't really work that much but we <laughs> we were walking around we were too high to drive oh, i'm too high to drive we're walking around town and there's this old abandoned barn like back behind where like the church and the uh dollar general and the piggly wiggly and stuff are there's this old abandoned like shed barn thing and we're walking by and i swear i hear like classical piano music and I, I'm like me and my buddy are walking. We're like, what, is, what the hell is that? It's like classical piano music. We walk, we're walking by and it's starting to freak us out because we're like, there's no way somebody's just playing piano in this freaking barn. Right. But we hear it and we, then we're like, maybe we're just hearing it. Cause we don't know. Like, I mean, we're kids. We don't really know what it's like to be high, like in, in general. So we just chalk it up to, oh, I guess we're high. And, uh, we ended up walking and, we see we see a bunch of our friends over at the church or or behind the uh yeah it's it's at the church um one of the many churches in this small little town and we like start walking up everybody's like real quiet and we're, and so we're like what's going on like we usually church is pretty happy and fun we start talking to people ch- ch- chatting it up i'm sure we like our eyes were just redder than hell and mm-hmm. it takes us about half an hour to realize we're at a freaking funeral Oh no! <laughs> we were just yucking it up with all these people, just goofing off. <laughs> it's like, oh no! Oh, Once boy. we realized we were at a funeral, we we're like, uh, yeah, let's well. get. <laughs> we just kind of slink away, and uh, we go by back by that barn, and that piano music is still going. And but the barn doors open, so we're like, fuck it, let's go in there and see. And sh- there is a dude just playing piano in this fucking empty barn shed. Like this, the, it looks like it would fall down at any moment. And we, <laughs> I don't know if he saw us or what, but we turned back around. We we're like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. That was so the, weird. Mur- you're in the murder shed listening yeah. to classical music before they, they go saw on you. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and then yeah, we ended I, up having a, we, en- that we ended the night by, we kept smoking and we went up to this old graveyard behind at the, at the back of the downtown up on this big hill. And we ordered Papa John's and had it delivered to the graveyard. <laughs> Wow. That's a, that's a, I, I mean, I give the guy a good tip, I think, on that one. Yeah. Well, it was, I, it was I, my friend's I, brother was deliver, the delivery driver. We looked at Oh, out that's good. Yeah. Because if it wasn't, it'd be like, oh, you want me to, to deliver pizzas to a graveyard? Are you out of your fucking mind? It's just, I've seen this movie. Uh, I know what happens. This is the part where I get strung up by my toes and then, and, and, and get my skin peeled off by the predator. <laughs> I mean, it was after dark that. too. So yeah, it's extra spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, there's always, um, there's always adventures on hallucinogens, you know what I mean? Or, or, or the, the like, 
I, 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 I can't, uh, uh, I can't tell you how many times we've, we've had sort of, you know, fun experiences that just sort of sprang out of, uh, you know, just a bag of mushrooms. It's like, what are we doing yeah. tonight? Well, well, I'll tell you what we're not doing. We're not doing our homework. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I got a uh, bag full of mushrooms and a Thursday night open, so uh, let's get to it. Uh, mushrooms are my favorite. I love all the different strains and how they all have their own kind of personality to them. I haven't. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm. I'm more of a responsible adult in air quotes now, so I don't do that stuff anymore. But man, I, I think I got everything I needed out of them too because I was. I went down a rabbit hole with mushrooms where I was just doing the Terrence McKenna like higher than his recommended five grams. I would do like a lot and just go internally a heroic and like, dose as yeah and as just he like calls it. <laughs> recurring over a course of a few years recurring uh meetings with the same the same entities and uh i don't know weird have shit have you ever have you ever seen that uh, or watched that video it's a, it's a it's a video but it's a it's it's an it's a video of an audio recording of Terrence McKenna, and it's it's like a fifteen minute video, and it's titled "Smoking DMT at the Height of an Acid Trip." Yeah, yep. He talks about being at school, being at Berkeley, and at, at, over Christmas, and nobody's there. Uh, he's just there all by himself, and he decided to do that. And right when he did, someone knocked on his door, and he had to go answer the door, and it was just like a t- and he scared the hell out of the person that had come <laughs> to the door. Yeah, I I've, done, I've actually <laughs> I, done that too. Um, oh no way! Really? Yeah, and uh, it first it didn't really do much, and I didn't do like the heroic. Th- I, I was like, it was at the peak of the acid, but I didn't do the. And this is all the legend in Minecraft. I did the. Um, <laughs> I did. I did uh, right, right. The one I made one or two hits of the DMT, and I I walk out in the front yard. Maybe two or three minutes later, and I was like, everything's still squiggly, but nothing, you know, in the vivid, um, mm-hmm. quantum like glow that everything looks like on acid but i'm standing there for a minute and all of a sudden i just got like the most insane body high and my friend is just watching me sober as a bird out in mm-hmm. the yard and i would look at all the grass in the yard starts to wiggle to the point where it's growing up into vines up like up in the air the trees right. are all like infinitely expanding out and then the ground and the buildings and everything all around me in my front yard just wrap up around me up into the sky where I look straight up and I can't even see the sky anymore. It's still my front yard. Like all around me is just the yard in every oh direction. Boy. And I was hearing like a, not hearing, but like, like a vivid, like a voice of God type thing, you know, like the universe is talking mm-hmm. to you. And I, it was so vivid at the time, but I couldn't tell you what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back on it back now. inside. Yeah. <laughs> it said, go back inside. <laughs> yeah, lock your door. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably. Uh, we lived yeah, in a bad, we, that we, was the cool thing about we, that house we lived in at the time. Because it was right like across the street from campus, but it was in such a shitty part of town. Um, And like all the Memf- people from Memphis had moved in. So like there was crack houses around us and bars and shit. So like no matter, like, no matter what we were doing, at our house or in our front yard, we were like not on the radar of the cops at any given time because right. there was always like shootings and stuff happening down the street, bank robberies. That was the benefit yeah. of uh, being in a bad area because you're never, you're definitely like low on the priority list of people that the cops are going to fuck with. For sure. I, well, like I said, I went to USC and I was at uh, <clears throat> it was a freshman year, sophomore year, uh, sitting at a, at a Burger King. 
and I was sitting at a booth with my buddy. So we were right up against the window looking out at, uh, uh to, uh, to exposition Boulevard. And, uh, and I see this like right next to us. I'm not thinking about it, but I, I, I knew that next to us was a bank of America. And, uh, I see a guy come running out with bags of money and I was like, and I'm in mid bite. Right. And I'm like watching this dude come running out, um, from left to right from where I'm sitting. So uh, from left to right, he's running. So I'm watching him and I'm not paying attention because from right to left, what I don't realize is coming is a speeding police car. And the second I see this guy and my brain is able to process that I'm watching a guy run out of a bank with a, with two bags of money, like straight out of the movies, right? (laughs) But before I even have time to process that, I watch a cop car just run up and just run the guy right over, right? Just boom, didn't even do it. Just took him right with the, right with the corner front corner front left part of the cop car just hit that guy Jesus and Christ. flipped him and flipped him and it, i mean money goes everywhere the dude goes everywhere shoes go everywhere i'm still mid bite i'm i'm frozen i'm watching this i the cop gets out of the car like he's like in the rodeo you know how like in the rodeo where they like jump off they they lasso the little cow and then they flip it down and then they tie its legs up real quick you know and then like they stand up and look at their look for their time yeah i swear it felt like that's what he was doing he flipped this guy over boom 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 hogtied him and before they even had a chance to really do anything they opened the back of the police car they went to throw him in the back of the police car I don't recall them even like searching his pockets for guns or anything. It happened so fast. They open the door. They intentionally head first, slam him into the side of the police car first. And then they throw him in the back right after that. And I was like, within the course of maybe 45 seconds, all of this is going down. And my friend and I, who, you know, is, is my friend at college, but he's also happens to be a guy I grew up with. So I've known him my whole life where we both went to the same school. And I was like, well, that's something you don't see every day. And he's like, I, he's like, I, we both had to like take a moment and recognize that we just saw, well, that's how LAPD deals with bank robbery suspects. They just yeah. run them over. It, and, and, and <laughs> so, so yeah, and I went, that, banging their so, head and, and, after they've already been run over into the side of the car just to add insult oh, yeah. to injury, handcuffed and all that stuff. Yeah, let's let's give them a concussion uh, just to make sure. And and that's when I realized, oh wait a second, we're not the priority here. Like I could I could walk down the street holding a loaded handgun, and I don't think anything would happen to us. And and that was uh maybe that was where I I got my perverted sense of uh, policing. You know, (laughs) watching stuff like that or, or, or things like the police at USC would come over to us. They, you know, we called them cause, cause somebody broke into, uh, my friend's apartment didn't really break in. My friend had his door left open a crack and, and, and someone went in his, his room and stole his leather jacket and his bike and, and some other stuff. And they said, well, we called the police and they said, how do you know who did it? And I said, well, look. There's two bags of empty aluminum cans that are sitting right by the front door, like the same sort of width of like if you had one bag in one hand and one bag in the other hand and you put them both down and then walked into this place, 
you know, walked into the, this room and stole all the stuff and then got on the bike and rode off and left your bags of aluminum cans. We think we know who we're looking for. I remember the cops say, well, if you find him, <laughs> do what you need to do to him first and then call us. But don't call us until you do what you need to do with him. And I was like, this sounds like really bad advice from the yeah. police. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but that's the LAPD. You know, that's sort of how they thought. We were like, okay, we'll do, you know. Damn. Crazy ass guy. Well, the, the sheriff uh, for LA seems like he's been pretty chill, about, at least about the vaccine stuff. The sheriff has been, yeah. The, basically the, just tell the him the, the governor and the mayor to fuck off. <laughs> which is which is fantastic. The woke district attorney, though, in Los Angeles, is a uh, is a mess. I just I just got done recording an episode of Macroaggressions where I talk about the woke DAs, and so it's kind of fresh in my mind. This guy's a you know, um, you know he he's the guy he's the guy who's been like taking people that were in. Uh, um, in jail in jails and and prisons and letting 40 percent of them go and everyone's like well we do have a jail and prison overcrowding problem so i guess it does make sense if you want to let 40 percent of nonviolent offenders out and they're like who said anything about nonviolent? <laughs> he let out guys that were serving life without parole mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like part of this soros yeah i was gonna ask if soros he was a soros funded da Absolutely was. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Like the guy in Philly, like Chess Bowden in San Francisco, like Kim Fox in, in Chicago. Yeah, all those all those people. Paid to look the other way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I wonder... I mean, I'm sure a lot of them get like the Marxist globalist training, but I wonder if uh, Soros or or the people that work for uh you know Soros isn't doing all of this he just pays people to do it basically <laughs> but right, right. Uh, i'm assuming i'm well i'm wondering if they do they get training by like the Soros outfit or or are they paid to have these opinions or does does the Soros group and groups like that seek out people that already are aligned with them ideologically and promote them and fund them well in, in the case of someone like Chessa Bowden he was groomed for it. You know, he, yeah. his parents were members of the Weather other Underground. His parents, uh, and for the record, Chess Bowden's the woke DA of San Francisco, the guy who decriminalized shoplifting up to 950 bucks, which is the reason why CVS and Walgreens have moved out of San Francisco and why Target is closed at 6 o'clock at night is because they're having such a rampant crime problem because he decriminalized a lot of this stuff. Now, his background is that when he was 14 months old, his parents, who were both members of the Weather Underground, uh, were involved in an armored car robbery in which two police officers and a Brinks truck driver were murdered by these guys, and they drove the getaway car. They got arrested. They... The mom did 20-something years in prison, and she's out now. The dad is still in prison. They were charged and convicted of murder and robbery, right? So this are this these are his parents, right? That's not his fault. Those are his parents. He can't control that. But the problem is he goes and lives and is raised by Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, who are on the run as terrorists themselves from the 70s. I mean, these yeah. these are the worst people in the world. So they they raise him and so he's raised in this cultural Marxism Marxism world of, uh, you know, like the Saul Alinsky rules for radical groups with uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary or uh, Hillary Clinton and, and Barack Obama deeply involved in that whole thing. So it, it, 
in the case of Chessa Bowden, I mean, he was straight up groomed for it. And, and, and he's a woke weirdo. He's got ideologies that I cannot uh, connect with in any way, shape or form. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing. So I don't know about people like Kim Fox. Maybe she's just, uh, you know, maybe she just likes money and power. Uh, maybe she's got a little problem that nobody knows about that. He keeps her, keeps her good with stuff like that. Uh, maybe these, you know, it's hard to say exactly why they're chosen. It's just that they are chosen. They are there for a reason. It's not accidental. George Soros doesn't care about doesn't care about uh, the United States, except, you know, except to the extent that he can destroy it from the inside. So, so they finance all these crazy ideas. They bring these people in with their ideology. That's uh, talking about like, like on the surface level, it's like, well, listen, I mean, we've got a problem with policing and we've got a problem with the incarceration system. We've got a problem with bail and all this stuff. And they're right about that. But the problem is that, their ideas for how to fix that are so radical and crazy. And I'm all, listen, I'm all for interesting new ideas because clearly what we've been doing isn't working, but, but their ideas aren't, aren't good ones. They're just, it's just, this is what you would do if you wanted to destroy it all. Like the Clower and Piven sort of mentality of you want to fix the welfare system well invite everybody that everybody onto the welfare system so that we overload it and then break it and then you can rebuild it back the way you want it so that's kind of Mm -hmm. the mentality that they have uh with these cities which is the reason why wherever you see woke district attorneys you're going to see fires you're going to see riots you're going to see organized shoplifting you're going to see cars getting broken into you're going to see people shooting up in the middle of the street or crapping on the sidewalk and things like that that's not accidental that's all by design that is part of the strategy of like let's just break it all let's just t- let's burn it all down baby you know through how's through denver because when i was there I, it was pretty dicey in a lot of areas yeah there's there's well it's denver's an interesting place because we're it's like in the city itself it's there's a tech component to it there's um you know sort of a you know it's kind of a in in some ways, it's got kind of a San Francisco vibe to it. If you get in certain areas downtown, um, like a good one, not a not a not a negative, not that not what San Francisco has become, but sort of like a dot com feel to it. You know, there like was kinda, definitely some cool little hipster bars with craft, yeah, craft brews yeah, yeah. And, there's, right, there's there's plenty of that. Obviously, Denver. I love the, the Denver you know, comedy works. That was cool. Yep, yep. I've been there. Seen some some good shows there. There's, uh, you know, it's one of the, it's the first place to uh, legalize marijuana. Uh, they yeah. decriminalize mushrooms. So there, That's there's, huge. there's part of, yeah, for sure. There's, there's, there's part of that. So there, there's a little bit of that, but then outside of Denver is, is red, you know, it's like, it's rural and there's cowboy, like legit cowboys. Like, oh yeah. Um, I loved seeing and, some of the ranches, like even, you know, Colorado yep. Springs was, yeah, it's mm-hmm. overall, it's yeah, definitely a. I mean, yeah. I mean, going back to South Park, like there's a lot of rednecks in yeah, yeah, in that area for sure, for sure. So, so Denver is sort of in a, a, a bit of a, a anomaly in the fact that it's got some liberal tendencies, um, but it hasn't gone like full woke tard yet. But it's not but like that, full on Austin, Texas. 
No, it's, uh, yeah, and in Austin is Austin. So I lived in Austin for a short period of time back in two thousand and nine, and it was still like keep Austin weird, and it was you know it was Texas light, you know, like you'd be like, oh, I, I could never live in Texas, but I could live in Austin, you know, that sort of yeah. way of of thinking, and and you know, cool place, uh, but it but it's it's changed obviously. Um, I I think a lot of people would say not for the better, but but Austin has always been like the redheaded stepchild of Texas, you know, it's always been like they're, they're, they're in a, in like a Portland situation where they're, they're, they, they embrace the weirdness of their culture. But I think that it was charming when I was there, but I don't know if it's quite that way anymore. I, I think I know Adam Curry fled, into- fled the area, uh, shortly after Rogan got in there. And then there's all like the mayors of Austin is pretty bad from what I understand. And, uh, what's his name? I always forget. I don't, I don't um, know. The, the mayor of, of, of Denver is Michael Hancock. He got caught, uh, going to co- or going to, uh, you know, telling everyone you can't leave. Don't travel for Thanksgiving. Now, excuse me as I catch this airplane out here, yeah. you know, he's done, done that with a bunch of, yeah. Did Adam, Adam move to the Hill country, right? So he's sort of like 45 minutes or so outside of Austin, I think. Right. And right? of course, like, you know, I'm pretty sure Rogan and Alex Jones and those guys are, you know, a decent ways out of, out of Austin anyways. When they say in Austin, yeah. you know, they're they're in the nice part. But as yeah, far as Austin yeah. itself goes, it's the latest I heard was the uh, police force is like at one third of how many officers they need. And more and more officers are quitting because of the, you know, everybody hates cops there. And just all kinds of the yeah. city councils making it impossible on them. They decriminalized, yeah. uh, you know, Theft, I think it's theft 500 or less, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. These are bad ideas. These yeah. are, these are really bad ideas. And I'm like a, uh, you know, don't, I'm a, don't put everybody in prison type of guy. You know, I don't, I don't think drugs should be illegal. I obviously we've just had a conversation about acid and mushrooms yeah. and everything. Of course, of course that should be a, no surprise to anybody, but it's not like, a, you know, I just feel like it, you got to let people make their own decisions. You got to let people make their own mistakes and you can't legislate good decision-making, bad decision-making. And maybe for some people you can, but for, for the most part, it just clogs up the system and everything. Victimless crimes shouldn't be crimes, but when you're stealing, yeah, when you're robbing a mom and pop and they have to, they're shut down. I mean, I think the, uh, cause the corporations can weather out the storm. It's just like the lockdowns, you know, it's like it's, who is it really hurting when you, legalized shoplifting it's hurting the locally owned small businesses and that's yeah. seems like part of a plan to corporatize everything and push out the small businesses yeah and walmart can withstand that you want to go in and, and steal a bunch of stuff from walmart first of all they'll catch you it yeah, probably, i mean i know and, people that worked walmart security and they're in, they have whole teams of people their entire job is to just monitor the cameras and they're on the phone with people dressed as customers acting like they're shopping that at any given time will tackle you or at least detain right. you. Exactly. So, so you, you know, you could try that. Uh, but, but, but like you said, the small, small to medium sized businesses, they're the ones that are running, you know, in most cases on some, some pretty thin margins and they can't afford that. Not to mention they don't have a massive online presence like Amazon or Walmart or some of the, or Best Buy, some of these places where you go, well, I'm locked up in my house. I need to get a new motherboard or I need to get a, you know, new set of, uh, I need a new mouse or something. 
I could go to the place that I normally go to that's right down the street, but it's close. So I guess it looks like I have to shop online. So I'll go to bestbuy.com and buy that, you know, so it hurts everybody. And, and I don't think that that's accidental. I think that that's, I think that that's by design and, um, and to, to sort of, uh, destroy these small and medium sized businesses so that it's, you know, they're only left with the company store where you can go shop on, uh, you can, you can shop at Amazon or Walmart. Those are your choices. And you can use your central bank digital currency that'll be rolling out soon. And those will only work on the company store. Can't use those at your buddy's hardware store because that would make you a terrorist. So, so I think that's an earth. Carl Jr. Fuck you. I'm eating. Yeah, I only only Carl's McDonald's, Jr., only McDonald's and Carl's. You know what that bothered me over in in Colorado is Hardee's was called Carl's Jr. That's a West Coast thing. Yes, no, yes, supposed yes. to be. It's supposed to be Hardee's. Damn it! I listen. I spent every summer as a kid in Tennessee, so I know. I feel you, <laughs> but it's been Carl's Jr. to me my entire life because I grew up on the West Coast. So. Um, that's like a, instead of Kroger's, it's the same company, but they have, it's what's it called over there? Something stupid. Safeway. No, it's uh, what is it? It's Kings something or Kings. Oh, King Supers. King, King Supers. Yeah. 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 Kroger. Yeah. We never had Kroger growing but up. But it's the I same exact uh, company. They just have a different name for the other area. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to, trying to trick us. I know. We know what you're doing. We we know what's what's going on, you corporate assholes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I I like money. Yeah, yeah. I like money though. Oh well. <clears throat> oh man, what else is going on in the news? There's uh, the, I'm so ticked. It's so funny. I I bring this up all the time, but like a month into COVID in 2020, I was like, I'm so fucking sick of talking about COVID, and now it's all we talk about. So I'm glad we've avoided that for the most part. It's impossible well, not, not to talk. Yet. It's it never going to be over. It's never. It's no. never going to be over. It's never ending. I've talked about this with to, to people when we were talking about like climate change and everything, and that global warming and climate. You know those those things. Yeah, hey, I just saw are, uh, your uh, recent episode about that. Oh yeah. Well, I was just kind of reminding people. It's like, hey, listen. You know, like you think you're annoyed with it now. Like it's never going away. Like you think. Like, oh, well, we used to, you remember we used to talk about, uh, I don't know, whatever, something back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It's gone away now. Climate change and global warming and all that bullshit, that is something that will never, it's never, ever, ever going to go away. So as annoyed as you are, and, and rightly so, with the COVID narrative, that is uh, going to pale in comparison to what we what we get with uh, uh with what we get with with climate change because it's such yeah. such an important component not 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 that it's an actually about like fixing the planet it's obviously not about that at all but it's such an important component to what these people want to do with this with carbon tax and using that as a funding mechanism for this one world government and whenever i say that to people that don't know, like, you know, don't have any sort of understanding or have no interest in that topic. They, I think they reflexively just kind of roll their eyes and just like, stop with your new world order stuff and your one world government and all that, all that you sound like an unhinged conspiracy theory theorist. And it's like, 
I, I recognize that fully, but here's the problem. It's like, have you looked at Agenda 2030? Yeah. <laughs> like the, right. I, I think it's it becoming mainstreamed, it. like the living in pods and eating bugs. Like that's yeah. becoming, that's like in the public consciousness now that they want us doing that. Yeah. In a yeah. way I've never it, seen before. No, and it's 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 really it's really unusual. And it's like, well, well, you say that this climate change stuff is fake, and I don't know. It sounds like you're just making this up. It's like, listen, they wrote a book in 1971 uh, with the the Club of Rome. This group started by Dr. Alexander King and David Rockefeller, and they wrote this book called The Limits to Growth. And in that book, they explained that they were going to use the pretense of global warming and use that as the uh, method to convince everybody to get into a one world government. And they said in there that it doesn't matter if it's real or, or one invented for these purposes that mm -hmm. they, that they said that, that, that the common enemy of, of humanity or, or the common enemy is humanity and that we need to change behavior of people in order to get them to accept a one world government. So it's like, call me what you want. Call me conspiracy theorist or paranoid lunatic or whatever, but it doesn't change the fact that these guys are writing about it. They've been talking about this for a very long time and they're talking about using this as the carrot and stick sort of, uh, way to get people into this one world government that it's going to be all about climate and then you know then you get the project veritas guys going undercover with cnn and um on that hidden camera thing and the producer going yeah you know we're really kind of done with the biden trump stuff we're going to pivot more to climate change you know towards the end of the year and moving forward and it's like oh so you're admitting that this is just a, a gigantic agenda that you're that you're coming up i mean it's not anything relevant it's it's scheduled they've scheduled the pivot to mm -hmm. climate change you know they they want to do that so it's a weird it's a weird time to be um awake and aware to this because if you are you can see what they're doing it's like you can see the moves that they're making you go yes i i understand i see exactly what you're doing you're starting to manipulate things you're starting to change the accounting you're bringing in this esg st stuff this yep. environmental and um, they, i mean they're rolling it out fast like fast fast like, like they like like they're like they've got a gun to their head like someone said hurry yeah. up man they're all about to figure it out <laughs> yeah know? i mean I, I think uh part of that was you know the populist stuff with trump and bolsonaro kind of set them back a little bit or did it i don't know but um yeah maybe something something um because i mean I think if Hillary was in there, that it would be a slower roll. At least, I don't know. And then the the other thing, the other theory I like is that the Epstein stuff, uh, like the the pandemic was the safety kill switch for the Epstein stuff. I don't know. Um, oh, interesting. How much? How much? I, I, I like the yeah. It was like basically it was like oh let's uh, time to change the narrative. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the timing of that was interesting. But it, that the Club of Rome book you said where it's. Um, yeah. A, a global a climate crisis, whether real or invented, it's like they can. That's what's frustrating is they can invent it with like harp and chemtrails and fucking directed energy weapons. They can start forest fires and so yeah. When when they say like, oh, there's more hurricanes now and more forest fires because of climate change, it's like, well, first of all, I don't think there's that many more, but also they can just create that. Uh, of course, weather weapons. Yeah. I mean, we've had weather weapons since the '60s at least. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like when, when, when you say, well, it's all bullshit and they're, they're manipulating this and then people go, you know, you conspiracy theorists with your stuff. It's like, hang on a second, man. 60 years ago, they were manipulating the weather over Vietnam. They were trying to flood those people out, right? Don't tell me that they, that they haven't made massive improvements in manipulating the weather. I mean, of course they have. God knows what they're able to do. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know where the upper limits are of what they can do. Can they create earthquakes? I mean, maybe. Can they create, you know, did, uh, you know, did, did they create a hurt, an, a, a, an earthquake to hit Haiti? Possibly. I, yeah, I, the, I can't, um, I can't we say actually, they didn't. in our uh, early on, we did an episode all about harp, and I was watching all these old like scientists talking about um, was it was some harp scientists and some other guys. I can't remember who it was, but he was talking about the uh, instrument that they use to dig for oil, and he was playing a piano to kind of illustrate the note. Uh, mm -hmm. like single piano notes. And he said like the one where we could, he's like, we'd hear a note like this, dung, and we'd know that's crude oil or like, dung, that's whatever. Uh, that's water. Based on the uh, microwave they would send down into the earth. And he said, mm -hmm. if you had, uh, like the one at Harp is, you know, a billion times stronger than what they were using. And with right. uh, not even a third of that power that they have at Harp, they could create an earthquake easily. Oh, so. Jesus. And what they would do, I guess, is bounce that, target that, and bounce it off the ionosphere and back down to where they target it. But it seems like um, at this point with all the satellites, the easiest way to do that would be like uh, from a satellite. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've ever seen the Tianjin explosion that happened, I think, in 20, I want to say 2017 or so um, in China. Oh, yes. The, uh, the one that looks the, like a I mean, nuke I, going off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. I saved that video to watch it, and people were saying, "What do you think it was? You know, was it rod of God or yeah? I don't know, maybe." And then someone said, "Well, did you know what what's right around the corner from where that thing went off? It's one of these massive uh, 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 D wave uh, quantum computers." No I was shit. Like, oh shit! Are they trying to blow that thing up or something? I don't know. So, um, I think that there's some high level fuckery happening that, that even us conspiracy theorist people are kind of behind the curve on, you know, in terms of what's really, um, possible with some of this technology. And so when, when people are saying, well, you know, you, you, you're, you crazy people talking about your nanobots and the vaccines and everything. It's like, hang on a second. This exists. This nanotechnology exists. They have that stuff. It's been out for a long, long time now. Don't be dismissive of it, you know. So I think that maybe if we can get the world collectively to sort of stop being so dismissive when they hear crazy things that are that that might be happening with these globalist people, it's like you have to reevaluate what your barometer is for craziness because these people have are years ahead of us in terms of technology the things that they're working on the things that we know about the things that we don't know about like who knows where they are in terms of what what they can do can they you know are there tr3bs leaving here at night and going to the moon maybe <laughs> i've seen quite a few videos of that shit uh, i'm not willing to say that that is impossible at this point yeah. you know so i've seen some weird videos like our, of stuff going back behind the moon it's hard to tell what's real or not though 
No kidding. So, yeah, so that's easy the with the CGI. But uh, they, I, David Icke, when he was on Infowars this most recent time, got me on this weird rabbit hole. I didn't know that the USDA was putting was approving nanobots and nanotechnology and nanoparticles in the food supply. I didn't know that either. I was like, shit. I went, I went and looked. All the they, there's like whole articles going back ten years of nanoparticles in like fucking potatoes and shit. It's like, oh my god. Oh my god. So uh, Alex said something interesting. He was like, basically, like the vaccine injections is almost like a distraction for what they're really doing with the food and water. It's like, yeah, well, <laughs> great. We're all we're all getting killed here. <laughs> yeah. What the heck's going on around here? Hey, Mike. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah it's it's been a it's been a wild uh a wild ride um and then of course we've got um speaking of epstein we've got the galane maxwell trial going on right now and they just, just banned just, the uh the tracker or the the uh, the official well, not the official account but that big account that was re- only news source for the trial banned today and, right and and guess what they just reinstated it really Yep, I'm on it right now on Zero Hedge. Twitter unnukes Ghislaine Maxwell trial tracker account following outrage. <laughs> I posted about it on Twitter. I was like, these fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> these kids. They are. So it's back. It's back. But, uh, you know, I jokingly said like, hey, let's, let's time to look at the flight records again for if, if any of these Twitter executives or their venture capital partners were on any of the flights because the, yep. the Ghislaine Maxwell tra- trial tracker dropped off. But... Looks like well, that, uh, we now know what came out so far. Not much, but we know that Bill was on. Bill Clinton was on there much more than the twenty-seven times originally thought. We know Bill Gates, which that's no surprise. And then what was um, was this already out that Alec Baldwin was on there, or is that old news? I saw that um, the other day. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I don't know if I don't know. Was he on the plane or in the book? In he's the in the book. book. Maybe both. I know, um, and he deleted yeah. his Twitter recently yeah yeah he should he should yeah. delete himself he's a weird he's, he's did you see what guy. he's saying i didn't watch the 60 minutes or whatever it was but he was yeah. saying like he didn't pull the trigger or point the gun at anyone he's like i'd never point a gun at anyone i didn't pull the trigger yeah. it's like what the hell happened dude Dvorak, i feel like i'm in john c Dvorak is like it was a remote controlled gun then yeah. right 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 yeah I, I feel like i'm in some sort of parallel universe where it's like like dude you, like you know, he he's he took the um, he must have the same PR person as Prince Andrew, who's like, yeah, yeah, do this nationally televised interview right before. Uh, let's try and get a, get ahead of the story. What could possibly go wrong, right? Oh, so, <laughs> I um, in my previous life, you know, like years years ago, I'm a co-owner of a company that does media training for pro athletes. We get guys ready for the inter- for interviews for the draft and. And interviews with general managers, getting ready for commercials, getting ready for broadcasting, whatever they want to do, we 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 do that. So so like my job, you know, um, was to understand how to interact with the media, who's good, who's bad, what they're doing, what their tactics are, and everything. And I'm watching, you know, the Prince Andrew or the or the you know the the Alec Baldwin thing too, and I'm just shaking my head, going, in what universe did did any of their media people think that this was a good idea like who is making the decisions this is such an obviously bad idea and yet here we are you've got 
you've got uh, Prince Prince Andrew going on doing his thing, talking about how you know he's got a unique condition condition where he doesn't sweat. Same with Hillary, and man. Hillary said that. The hell's that about? Thing. Freaking lizard. I don't people. know. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. 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 He's a lizard. He definitely. Well, actually, uh, she, it's like, yeah. And they, what was it that she said? You were, she was, you were all over her and sweating on her. He's like, well, you see, that's impossible because I, I don't, I don't sweat. I like, what the fuck? Really? There's, we have pictures of you sweating. Yeah. What's, what are you, what are you talking about? I got a oh picture my God. of you in There's like, sweating. <laughs> I mean, he would have been way better off just saying no comment. Right. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he would have said, "Well, my my attorney advised me not to answer that question." He'd be yeah, like, oh, that's super suspicious, and that would have been a better answer than, "Well, you see, um, what it is is that I don't sweat." You're like, but I actually believe Hillary when she kidding? said she uh, doesn't sweat. She probably doesn't sweat. She's you see a her crying yesterday, psychopath. Today? No. Oh God, I was. Yeah, I think I have that clip. Jesus, this is oh. rich. Uh, she was reading the. Uh, acceptance speech that she had for when she should have won the election in 2016 no on like way. the today show or something she's reading what would have been her acceptance speech yeah this is just a short excerpt from it but this is amazing didn't as you know write a concession speech because even though we had a lot of bumps those last 10 days uh I, I still thought, you know, we could pull it out. So I worked on um, a speech that really was about my journey and had a, had a real emphasis on my mother's life and journey as a way of, you know, m- making it clear that, yes, I would be the first woman president, but I, I like everybody, uh, stood on the shoulders and lived the lives uh, and the experiences of those who came before us. I dream of. Okay, so then it smash cuts to her now reading part of her uh, victory speech for us. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, Look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. Oh, well, didn't happen. (laughs) Too bad. What a narcissistic psychopath she is. That's ridiculous. She can't. She just can't help herself. Oh, wow. I mean, listen, Trump was a narcissistic psychopath in, in his own right, right? I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that he didn't have his problems, but but uh, there is on. something uh, so let's be nice. There's something so disingenuous about about Hillary Clinton. And I feel like Kamala Harris went to the Hillary Clinton charm school, you know, the finishing school where they teach her like, now this is how an actual human being laughs. And she's like, I just can't get it. Like you're going to get an F in the laughing department. I'm sorry. Well, we can't attack a president. Oh wait, she wasn't a president. She wasn't a president. Trump. It's okay. Yeah. And we should remind her that she's not the president as she's (laughs) slumping and getting dragged and thrown into the back of a black van. I watched like three episodes of that fucking Hulu documentary about Hillary. Oh, did you? Why? Oh my god, you, dude! The first episodes about masochist? her childhood and stuff. Oh Jesus! And it's just like, oh man, I should have. I don't know. And then I also listened to like several episodes of her podcast. Dude, the wow. what, the Hillary Clinton podcast. Thank you for your service, dude. The Hillary Clinton 
podcast, man. That there was that episode where she interviewed Nancy Pelosi about the January six riots or the January six insurrection. You heard any right. of that? No. no oh I'm my sure god, it's... Nancy Pelosi's like, well, we all had to get on our bellies and crawl on the floor. I can't remember what they were talking about, but it was just like so fucking crazy. It was like. Oh man, I need to Not go back Nancy, and clip it. Now. That wasn't the January sixth thing. That was the party at Soros's house. Come yeah. on, quit getting <laughs> these things confused. <laughs> uh, what a, no, I even what did a the. Uh, I wonder if I. St- yeah, they. It, it was they. Uh, this was before her. Po- she she announced the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, it took her like eight months before she came out for the first episode. I was waiting on pins and needles, and she finally did it. And uh, but like as soon as she, it. Uh, she announced it. I made a, uh, <laughs> I made a, into show mix for no agenda about her starting a podcast, and uh, nice. Adam liked it so much he played it right at the top of the show. Where was that? <laughs> one of my one of my finest achievements. Um, Let's hear it. Here it is. Well, Billy Joel. Hillary Clinton is starting a podcast. <laughs> goes on but yeah uh, that's funny man <laughs> I, uh, I can't wait that i mean that uh, it's a gold mine he, of content if you can get through the cringe of it her podcast is actually like it's it's mind-bogglingly arrogant some of it especially that one with pelosi was like oh my god i would like to hear her on with uh john podesta though i'd love to know what those two maniacs are talking <laughs> about if there's one I'm reason sure. you don't need to trust the ufo hype and this blue beam alien shit they're pushing right now it's because podesta was behind a lot of that shit yeah exactly fucking yeah, tom DeLong yeah, that, is a weirdo too yeah 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 that's uh that's a that's a that's an interesting new pivot that they've made which is going to unidentified aerial phenomenon and then they go on jimmy kimmel and they talk about <laughs> hillary's gone on there and talked about it obama talked about it bill clinton has talked about it it's a weird it's a, it's only the left it seems like the the the, the people in the left that want to yeah trump kind of teased it and then remember donald bit, trump yeah. jr interviewed trump and he's like tell me about ufos and trump was like well i know yeah. something but i can't really tell you anything sorry yeah yeah i i yeah if there is there anyone less credible than than john podesta being involved in the ufo operation i mean besides like the guy that left his freaking blackberry in the taxi cab and that's why isn't that the story of why his emails got leaked oh is that what what, i don't know i didn't that's what came out later but it might have just been a cover it's like oh he left his i don't know then hillary destroyed all her had her interns 
destroy a bunch of her blackberries with a hammer. Because that's normal and not yeah. at all suspicious. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, let, let's do a show. She should do a, an episode on um, on blackberries. A te- uh, like a tech... She could do like a tech uh, workshop on, on what her favorite cell phones are, what her yeah. favorite uh, bitch ble- bit bleaches and, yeah, and things fa- like that. Her favorite. Getting technical with Hillary, with Hill Dog. She just started a, uh, you know that masterclass service? Yeah. She yeah, just yeah. started an account on there. Did you see that? No. Is it about murdering people? Yeah, yeah how to make people disappear. I would love that. But no, yeah. she could do a, she could do a whole a class on it, like the, the best ways to destroy a cell phone and delete emails. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, listen, listen, if, if any, if ever there was somebody that knows how to destroy evidence and, you know, has a, has a, has a good handle on it, I, I would think it would be her. She's destroyed people, careers, evidence, electronic devices, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, it. Yeah. That might be a class worth taking. No, I think For it's sure. like about, it's probably about like how to feel like an empowered woman or something stupid. Oh god! Who needs that? No, fuck that! I don't want any of that. I, want I like to... my women disempowered. <laughs> I don't want them. I don't want them learning anything from Hillary Clinton. I'll assure you that. I yeah. mean, I don't want anybody getting any, any idea. She's like, listen, they'll never see it coming. When you get her, what you do is you go down to the to the subway, and when you're when they're not expecting it, you take two steps behind them, and then you just put your foot right on their butt, and you push them right in front of the train. That's how it's done. Kevin Spacey did that in House of Cards, like in season two. Not, yes, he did. Yes, he did. God, that was such a I good show. I wonder what that guy's. I wonder what that guy is really up to. You remember his like Christmas video that he put out? How don't and we then kill all the him witnesses. with kindness? Yeah, and the dude and that was accusing him dies the next case, day. Start dying and everything, yeah, and you're like, fuck? what the fuck is going? And then he's on Epstein's plane all the time, and you're just like. You're you're on the bad guy team, right? If, yeah. You know, you just I'm, unfortunately, that. I think Forrest Gump might be on that same the same boat. Yeah, so. that's disappointing too. That's disappointing. I remember I watched them film that. Uh, they filmed the 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 seg the college scene where there's like a they've blocked off the university and they won't let the black kids in and one of the black girls drops her book and then he hands it to her and everything. Oh yeah. They were filming that in my accounting class while I was in there for accounting and I had to go out the back and I was like, what are they doing? They're like, oh, they're filming a movie. I'm like, what's it called? They're like, Forrest Gump. I was like, that's the dumbest name for a movie I've ever heard. And I <laughs> hung around and watched for maybe 15 minutes or so. And then I got kind of got bored and left, but uh, yeah, great movie. But Tom Hanks, boy, whoo. Uh, He's, I mean, he's, it might be all of them, dude. It might be. I'll tell it's you like what, man. I, part of the initiation, like um, I know Professor Griff and a bunch of guys that have been in the music industry talk about, like they're like, yeah, we're going to sign this contract, and you know, you're all, you're ready to go, but first we're going to go in this room, and then like three record executives butt fuck you, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and so I mean, and then and then you know, it just goes from there. Then they like they. You know, they film you diddling a kid or whatever, because that's what you got to do to get the movie role. I don't think that's yeah. universal, but that seems like it. the top of the top tier list, the uh, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio level. It seems yeah. like there's a lot of that going on just to be able to get to that point. Same with the music industry. And then, um, I mean, that's probably why DiCaprio is flying around on his private jet talking about how the world's melting all the time. Yeah, I don't want it that bad. You know what I mean? No. Like if you if you 
<laughs> be like, hey, wait, you got you want to be in this movie? Yeah, it'd be great. There's a, one little thing we got to work out first. Like, not interested. Yeah. Sorry. Don't 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 want it that bad. But I had an interesting conversation when <laughs> yeah. I, a long time ago with. You want to be the next Tom Hanks? You good at gargling cum? Oh God, <laughs> no! <laughs> don't want to get. Don't want any practice either. But uh, this photographer that I knew, he he um, he had a roommate who was a a male model. This was back in the like ninety five, ninety six time frame. And I remember talking, uh, you know, with the photographer, and he's and he's he said he told me who his his roommate was, and and it was a guy who, like, normally you don't know the name of male models or anything, but he was a guy that was uh, consistently on the cover of like Men's Health and Men's Fitness. He was like the guy, like you'd you definitely recognize him if you saw him, and you might recognize his name. Uh, back then, he was kind of a big deal, but anyway, this photographer saying that like um his that guy that model had an interaction with david geffen where Dev, david geffen said you know like i want you you know i want you to come hang out and party with me and everything he's like i'm not interested and he's like i'll pay you a hundred grand and he's and the guy was like i don't think you understand i'm not interested i'm not gay i'm not interested and he's like i know you're not gay but that's what but the offer is a hundred grand. So David <laughs> Geffen's thing was that he wanted to turn straight guys. He wanted to get pay a guy who was straight enough money that he had to compromise himself. So then I ran that story by a friend. I can't. I, I'm not going to mention his name because he is a legit Hollywood actor who it was good friends with my business partner. And I said, I got to run a story by you. Tell me if this sounds like something that's great. And I told him that story. He goes, that story is a hundred percent true. He said, I know who he is. He says, he goes, and I wouldn't fuck David Geffen and I'm gay. <laughs> you know, that's what he said. <laughs> you know, and I, I was like, really? He goes, he's a creep. And I was like, whoa. Uh, so that was like the first time I got any sort of like, I heard anything about Hollywood back then, you know what I yeah. mean? And so it was like, oh shit, you know, uh, that's how it goes, I guess, you know? So it was kind of a revelation to me, but, uh, but I wasn't working in Hollywood, so I didn't have any sort of need to participate or anything like that i just it was just interesting information from somebody on a couple people on the inside that that would know and so so it made me kind of aware that there is this weird component with some of these guys that are super rich and and that they get off on trying to make you do things you don't want to do so so then when you you start to hear about the, all of the initiation rituals and all that it starts to line up and make a lot of sense i mean makes sense and it it, it never really makes sense right because it's all just so crazy but i mean it it you understand it's like the casting couch is not just for women right it's not just for all of these young models that want to be a star and have to go fuck Harvey Weinstein or anything. It's like, it's for guys too. You know, there's only one role in this, in this movie. There's only one lead role and everybody's up for it. Who wants it the the most, you know? And, and so you, you kind of have to realize, well, maybe it's, maybe it's dirty like that too for the guys. Maybe it's not just Harvey Weinstein. Maybe, maybe David Geffen is the Harvey Weinstein of doing that, you know? And of course he is, and it's yeah. just the way it is. So, and I wonder if it goes to the level that you know. Supposedly there was um, rumor on the dark web of the uh, 
Marie Abramovich and Hillary Clinton torturing this little girl yeah. and cutting her face off and wearing it and all this stuff. I wonder if it goes to that level, like in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I don't know. Trina Chrome, all that. Um, I just sent you a picture on, the, to your, on your Twitter DMs. Okay. It's uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> okay, she's innocent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a... Uh, you know, she's a. Uh, she's that from, from no a agenda dark, social. <laughs> nice. Just a credit. It she's was a Zoomer it. whisper. Yeah. Do a picture of her with her tits hanging out. Okay. She's innocent. It's like, yeah. She, she, she yeah, exactly. Um, but she that won plane, me over. <laughs> the Lolita Express, right? The, 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 one of the interesting components of that, that 727 airplane that they, flew around in was that it has a rear staircase that can be deployed during flight uh, under about 10,000 feet in altitude. You can deploy it without it depressurizing the cabin, or I guess the cabin's not fully pressurized then, but but you can put it down during flight, which means you can throw things out of it. And that airplane was Les Wexner's um, before it was Jeffrey Epstein's. And Peter Nygaard, that scumbag uh, Canadian uh, fashion mogul who had the island in the Bahamas where Prince Andrew was at that island as well. And he's a known pedophile as well. He also had one of those 727s with the rear deploying staircase. And everyone's like, these people are all fucking crazy, you know. And then it's like, well, I got one more piece of bad news for some of you. Uh, Trump had one of those as well. You know, so all these guys have this really unusual 50 year old airplane and Epstein had a G6 and a G5, right? So he could have uh, gone around in the little planes, but they like this big plane for some reason and the traffickers have it. And so it makes you, it makes you wonder like what exactly was going on. I know that there's, there were parties going on on those, on the planes, but what else was going on? Were, were, were there, uh, were they throwing things out? Were they throwing people out? I mean, it sounds crazy, of course. That's what but... uh, supposedly the dude that was, you know, later on we learned he was not only a serial child abuser and pedophile, but a necro- uh, necrophiliac. Necrophilia, is that what the word is? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was into necrophilia, dead kids too. The uh, uh, Jimmy Savile was yeah. like real close with the royal family and, you know, big in the BBC and all these. And he would supposedly, what he would do is out on his boat, take a kid on death rides or is what it was referred to as, I think. Yep. Once yep. they were done with him and they just toss him over the side. It's like the most dark, sick, twisted shit ever. But it, if he was doing that, he surely wasn't the only one. He was procuring kids for guys like Ted Heath, who yep. was you know, the prime minister. And so, so it's like some of these people were so famous that you couldn't let the kid live because the kid, it'd be like the kid saying like, who raped you? And you'd be like, Donald Trump, you know, it'd be like, how do you know it's Donald Trump? Like, cause I know what he looks like. He's the president. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it was like, who, who raped you? Ted Heath. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely positive. He, he couldn't rape you. He's the prime minister. He's the one that raped me. So instead of having that problem, they would take him off the aisle of uh, Jersey and, Guernsey and wherever in the boat, they would, uh, Ted Heath would go out in his boat. Savile would go out in his boat. They'd make the transfer. When he got done raping the kid, they'd have someone strangle him and throw him overboard. Jesus. And, yeah. Um, and that's kind and of. That guy, and that guy was brought in by Prince Charles 
to help negotiate the marriage problems that Charles and Diana were having. They brought in like a counselor, like a referee, and it was Jimmy fucking Savile who was brought in. Like, could you think of, was Satan not available? Yeah. And then, I mean, and just the sick, twisted irony of having him run a kid's show and be like the Mr. Rogers. He was like the Mr. Rogers of England. There is Um, a video of him with a girl sitting on his lap and the girl jumps up like hops up off his lap. And the reason why she, it's all fucking on video is because Jimmy Savile stuck his finger up her ass. Yeah. And it's on TV, right? It's like top of the pops, like the equivalent of like American bandstand or soul train or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? The audacity, like the fact that you, I mean, you got to just, just like as an example of like how above the law, these guys feel is that, I mean, I can't even wrap my mind around doing that, even if you were in a situation where you thought you would never, ever get caught. But to then, but to do it in public, on a stage, with cameras going, knowing that it's it's going to be on camera in some way, but it won't look like, you know, you'll kind of be able to disguise what's going on. But to still do it just shows like a, a dementia a demented nature that's hard to really comprehend, but also this feeling of like, I am above the law. Like yeah. I'll do this in front of everybody and I don't even care. You know, so that is just a, that's, that's, um, that's part of, I mean, you know, look at what Biden's doing constantly rubbing kids like faces right. and backs and smelling right. their hair and kids have a sixth sense. They, a lot of them will be pulled back and be like, you, what the fuck? Well, yeah. one thing I think, like um, the way I always looked at it with Trump is like he's like a crude asshole, but like he's the, the he's not in that like pedof- like rapey pedophile club as far as I can tell because he went he what he went to the island once never came back which plausible deniability you're like oh shit I didn't know what this I didn't I don't know what I'm getting roped into here he kicked right. Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago helped the FBI he like you know t- told the FBI about Epstein and tipped him off and testified against Epstein. And then uh, every the main the main piece of evidence for my mind in Trump is with with Trump is he's got all these rape accusers and not one of them has died. <laughs> like everybody yeah. else, their accusers always freaking die, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Trump is like he likes hot chicks, man. He's a rich guy who likes hot chicks and, and all that stuff. I Nothing mean, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You're married. You might be a scumbag because of it. You know, he's made some really questionable comments about his daughter and everything. And look how beautiful oh, she yeah. is and all that stuff. And that's that's definitely not something I would ever say. But um, but again, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't I don't get that rapey vibe from him. Uh, I get the vibe of he's a you know he's a guy that's like hey you know listen I'll talk to Billy Bush grab him by the pussy you know this is what happens we're famous guys you know nobody's I like women with big giant tits and big asses yep there you go and that's and that's uh, (laughs) yeah I I it's just a it's a weird I don't know it's a weird a weird culture and 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 funny that we're we're you know we're having to sort of the normies are getting dragged into this with the Ghislaine Maxwell situation where they're have, they're kind of forced to, it's more fun to say. Sorry. It is more fun to, um, Jamie deluxe is selling great shirts that say jizz lane. (laughs) It looks like a street sign. I love him. I just had him on. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, He's awesome. I love Jamie too. He is fantastic. 
he's a great guy. Um, <laughs> so by so support his work, buy his Jizz Lane shirt. <laughs> but you were saying uh, the, the normies are getting into Maxwell? The normies are forced to kind of get into this. I think a lot of them are probably like, well, you know, I'm sure she was a victim and I'm sure Epstein was manipulated. No, 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 no. Not a victim. Her dad's freaking Elaine Massad. Maxwell's not a victim. She, yeah. He was a triple agent. He first he, he first he was a spy for Russia. Damn near got himself executed um, with the, with his business partner. They're spying for Russia. Russia. Then they then they got picked up by the Mossad, and of course they were working for them forever. They were working for MI MI six. So he was a triple agent, and um, and in obviously in the spying business, in the information business. When you run publishing companies like the Mirror and all of this, you're in the information business. And then his daughters. Hit the twin daughters, uh, Christine Maxwell and Isabel Maxwell. They went on to be have these tech careers. Now, uh, Christine Maxwell runs a company called Chiliad, and that's a data software company uh, that manages the FBI's counterterrorism data warehouse. I mean, the the you're letting the daughter of a triple agent foreign spy who was whacked off his boat in the Canary Islands back in 89 because of his promised software dealings that he was doing where he, where they were selling a, a software system with back doors into it to foreign governments all over the world. That guy's daughter starts a data collection company and you put her in charge of the FBI's counterterrorism data. Are you out of your mind? Like in what world is, does that make sense? Then you've got Isabel Maxwell, the twin sister of Christine and she's running Israel uh, Venture Networks. She's running um, companies that are focused on spy apparatuses that benefit the state of Israel and everything. So th- she's a spy. She's involved in data gathering as well. And then you've got Jiz Lane, who is partnered up with Jeffrey Epstein, and they're running brownstone operations and sexual blackmail entrapment ops where they're capturing these people, putting them on video and using that information to manipulate them. So it's like the whole family is in the, that's the family business is spying. So anyone that comes out and says, well, you know, I think maybe Jelaine Maxwell was just sort of a, an unwilling or unwitting pawn in this whole thing. You like, you have to stop them right away and say, no, you're wrong on that. This is not a matter of opinion. You need to understand who this person is. She's not some, don't give me the babe in the woods routine, all right, Karen? Yeah, it's you know? no, not a damn. You're talking about cocaine. Scenario. She's not the princess you know? being held in the tower. Right, right. Uh, the, do you think do you, the Epstein death in air quotes in prison? Obviously, not a suicide. Everybody agrees on that. Do you think he was killed, or was he freed in an extraction and he's still alive on another island so, or something? So I had a I had a good conversation with Sean Atwood about this, and Sean is a guy who's in, he's in the UK. He's done he's written multiple books about uh, Colomb, you know cocaine trafficking with Clintons and the CIA and, and and all this stuff. Plus, he also happened to do almost seven years in a federal prison for ecstasy distribution. Almost got himself killed by Sammy the Bull. You know he 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 was deep into it. He knows. Jesus. He knows a thing or two. So I had yeah. a conversation with him about this right after Epstein didn't kill himself. And my initial thought was that though it sounds like a stretch uh, and, and, and an, an, an impossibility for the 
for almost everybody in the world. It seemed like if ever there was a guy who had the connections, the financial connections, the you know the 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 people in high places, the ability to get out of a prison situation like that, get swapped out with a body double. If ever there was a guy that could do that, Jeffrey Epstein would be that guy, right? He, right. He, I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying that if ever you ha- you had to have all of these things line up, most people it's never going to line up. Uh, including needing having very powerful people need needing you to not be there anymore as the most important component of this them needing to get right, you out because of there. Not, he's, you, he's not an that, idiot he might be a lot of things but i've always had like i've always contended that he has if something bad happens to him or if he won't doesn't get freed from prison he's got a kill switching like already set up to where right if if i don't get back to do put in this code or whatever you know all this right. shit gets leaked because he's got footage of him all over his island doing crazy shit. So, yeah, it seems like right. the only logical thing that could happen was him get released. Right. So Unless I run this idea. the island from orbit so nobody could ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I run this idea by Sean. And now Sean, when he was um, incarcerated in a federal penitentiary, his cellmate was a guy named Two Tonys, who was a mob boss doing life without parole for murdering like four people, right? And and Sean was helping this mob boss write his memoirs, right? So he got very close to him. And during this process, he learned a lot about how the mafia works. And Sean said to me, though I can understand that line of thinking where Epstein could get out and had all these reasons or anything. He said, let me present a different point of view on this. And that is that when you get yourself arrested and you get yourself, you make the mistake of stepping into that trap and you get yourself actually arrested. These guys don't really want to reward your incompetence by getting you out of that situation because that sends a message to everybody else in the organization that if you fuck up we'll come get you we'll come rescue you we'll take you out get you plastic surgery put you on an island a different island somewhere and or send you back to israel and you'll be protected and live out the rest of your days and anything they don't want that message sent what message they want sent is if you get yourself arrested you're dead and you, we, you may want to get out, you may need to get out, we may want to get you out, but if you get yourself in that situation, we're not going to reward you. We're going to murder you and make sure that you never talk. Now, you may never talk because you know what will happen if you do talk, but we're not going to take that chance. So that was his contention, was that that though he agreed that this was a, a, a unique situation where a guy could you know, had the means and an opportunity to possibly get himself extracted from an unextractable situation for most people. He just didn't think that the the oper- the organization would would see it that way. He he yeah. said that the way they think is way more cutthroat than that. You get caught, you might talk, we don't take that chance, you're dead. Yeah. I guess so. it really. I guess that then it comes down to whether or not he had like a sophisticated enough mechanism in place to blackmail people if they didn't rescue him. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and 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 who knows? You know, I I think Epstein was was expendable though. Oh yeah, he's definitely not at the top of the food chain. I, I yeah. think uh, I agree with Dean Reiner when he says, like all the people at the top, we've never even heard of. Like we don't know their sure. names. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And even in this little organization, I'm not even so sure that Ghislaine wasn't running the op. I mean, she was. She was deeply involved in this. Her family huh. was involved. Her fa- her 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 sister um, Isabel Maxwell's husband, who wound up at the bottom of a cliff in 2016, um, he was working with Epstein. He was throwing these like mind mind game conferences at the island, inviting all the all the scientists, Stephen Pinker, Stephen Hawking, all these all these pedos down there to uh, talk about physics, fun with physics, and all that stuff. So. The, the whole Maxwell family was involved in this, too. Yeah, and then so. the, one of the – was – which one was the sister that's involved in big tech? Um, Silicon that's Valley. Isabel Ma- well, okay, Isabel is. Maxwell – both of them are, actually. But but Isabel Maxwell was running um, Magellan for a while, that which was like a browser company that was kind of like Netscape. Um, had deep involvement with uh, Microsoft – got their company funded by Bill Gates and Nathan Miravald from uh, Microsoft and, and yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So it's all connected. Epstein's, yeah, exactly. People are going, well, uh, Bill Gates is going, well, you know, I didn't, re- I wasn't really all that good friends with, with Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, yeah. fine. Well, you were really good friends with the Maxwells. In fact, you gave them money. You personally gave them money for their, the other for Gates, their software company. The other Gates tie-in is Epstein funding all this like Harvard shit with these uh, scientists working on mRNA and nanotechnology and vaccine injections. All this crazy war- research out of yeah, MIT and Harvard. And uh, yeah. it's like all that was led right up to the Epstein arrest and that was going on up until the Epstein arrest and subsequently the pandemic. Yep. Like the- they were working, yeah. They were working. He was working with uh, Martin Nowak on evolutionary dynamics and population structures and what happens, uh, evolutionary game theory and things like that. What happens when you inject, a, when you introduce a variable into the population? What does it do? What happens when you when you introduce a virus? What happens when you do this? What happens when you do that? What does it do to populations? Where do they move? Do they move somewhere? Do they die off? What are they doing? So he had a deep interest in that. He had. Uh, uh, financed the little Sophia doll. If you re- recall the the big Sophia, um, Sophia is that AI robot chick that Saudi Arabia brought out with right. like the pretty face, but then the back of her head is like just circuits and everything. Ex machina, yeah, exactly. Same, same idea. And yep, same idea. And they brought her out at some conference in Saudi Arabia and made they did her a this whole PR thing, made her a citizen, gave her more rights than the rest of the, than the actual women in their country, you know, <laughs> all those, all those good things. And then, um, they marched that whole thing out and it, you know, it's not very practical. It was more like a PR stunt to see what Hanson robotics could do. So then Epstein hires Ben Gertzel, who's the head, uh, chief scientist of Hanson Robotics, hires him away, gives him six and a half million dollars to develop the little Sophia robot doll for for girls eight years and up for emotional intelligence support. And these dolls are rigged with uh, geo-tracking um, cameras in them, microphones, GPS, all this stuff. Like a veritable recording studio 
that this eight-year-old girl is going to tell all her darkest secrets to. She's going to put it on her bed. It's going to watch her change. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading all of this about what this doll does and why Epstein's involved with it. And I'm going, like, this could be like a Uber Eats for pedophiles where they just go, what are you looking for? You want a little blonde girl about nine years old? Well, let's go through the database. We've got one that lives at this house. Look, let's turn the doll on. Let's see where she, oh, she's in her bedroom right now. Yeah, she's right there. She typically goes to bed at, we know she goes to bed at eight o'clock. We know she's got problems with her parents. Her dad's an alcoholic. Her mom treats her like shit. Sneak in the window at 1030 and grab her. You know what I mean? And I, and now you don't normally go there when you see some like new fangled, Teddy Ruxpin type cabbage patch kids uh, meets AI doll. You, you normally you just go, oh, I guess this is the evolutionary evolution of uh, children's dolls or something, right? But then you go, well, who's financing it? Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, okay, what's going on? Why Jesus are you Christ, doing this? I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, Wi-Fi connected toys are a bad idea in general. Same with like your fucking. You don't need a smart toaster or smart fridge. That shit's gay. No. <laughs> it's fake and gay. Yeah, like space. <laughs> like space. Yeah, well, your toaster talks to the talks to like the refrigerator and, and the freezer and says, "Oh, you know, we're we're low on frozen waffles," and you know the toaster, you know, tells the refrigerator to order more and all this. And people are like, "Hey, isn't this great? It's the Internet of Things. It's a smart home." And you're like. I don't need my home to be that smart. Like maybe, maybe can I have like a kind of like a semi-retarded home? Yeah. <laughs> Down syndrome. Like one that's not smart enough, like a Down syndrome home. Yeah. One that's not smart enough to figure out how to murder me. How about that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like anytime your house can lock you out. Right. You haven't had your third booster for the day. Right. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't. Yeah. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, no, fuck that. I just, there's like so many ways. I've seen this movie before. There's a lot of ways that having a home like that. Could, I don't need to be Tony Stark. Okay. It's like I, no. I I like having a key I can put in the door, turn it, it opens, and that's it. I like having light switches that I can. You know, I'll even maybe get the dimmer's pretty good. You can pick how bright sure. you want the light to be. But when it comes to like talking to your house, like. <laughs> Fuck that. No. Hell no. I my don't want my house to talk. My wife loves that stuff. She's got it all set up on her phone. She can open the garage doors and all that stuff. I'm oh, like, no. Look, she can, you know, the ring doorbell goes off. She can see who's at the door and everything. Okay. I mean, I get it. But like at some point, these cameras are going to be used against us, you know? Oh, these, I hate these, the ring shit, dude. Because like, I mean, you're, it, you're handing all that information over to the authorities. Like if my neighbor across the street has a ring doorbell, I, everything I do at this house is being recorded. Yeah, he sees you out there in the front yard digging a big ditch. <laughs> he's like, "What's going on there?" Yeah. I think he's burying a body, and you're like, "Hey, listen, I would have got away f- with it if it wasn't for the goddamn ring doorbell." Yeah, at least I'm safe in the backyard. That's true. Always bury them in the backyard, yeah. unless your neighbor in the backyard, unless you've got a neighbor behind uh, you. It's, it's woods on one side, fence on the other, and then perfect, the neighbors on the other side perfect. are cool. They wouldn't. They'd help me bury the body. So. Or just throw them out of the back of your 727. Yeah. <laughs> and you're flying over over the your your pedo island. Uh, yeah. It's just, that's just the world we live in. That's all. <laughs> Poor normies. They have to wake up and deal with this. They have to like wake up and try and process the fact that there's some Ghislaine Maxwell type lady out there who is trafficking children and they they're they're still trying to figure out the 
they're still trying to wrap their heads around the fact that um, the people that they see in Congress are not on their side. They're like, wait a second. You mean Nancy Pelosi doesn't want what's best for me? It's like, not only that, like she goes to these parties and you're like, what? She's on the airplane. What? <laughs> Where the what the what freaking dimension is this little creature from? <laughs> that's 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 what goes through my head whenever I see Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> what the hell is this? Uh, well, Charlie, thanks so much for hanging and uh, thanks for had having a, me. Had a blast. Uh, me too. Learn learn some new things. And uh, people, uh, in, in, if you're listening to this in the show notes, you will find the links to both Charlie's book, the. Octopus of Global Control and Hippocrazy. Hippo, my, my book about hippopotamuses. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Macroaggressions, which uh, you, would you do that once a week, twice a week? I do twice a week, once a monologue uh, and once an interview. And um, we do so I do that twice, uh, twice a week. I've got the Union of the Unwanted with uh, Sam Tripoli, Midnight Mike. And Ricky Verandas from the Ripple Effect. We have fun with that. We do that twice a month. That's always yeah. A good I've time. watched a bunch. I've watched. Well, I listened to a lot of. That's like there's so many people on there. It's like I like the it's ones. Crazy. Yeah, it's too. It's like I like the ones where it's like three or four of you. Once it gets yeah. to like twenty people, I'm like, I. J- it's a bit much. It well, I mean, it's still good, but it's like I don't know. It's just too. It's just too. Um, like I would never be able to handle doing that. I don't know how you and Mike are like. <laughs> keeping I, that I think like, Mike I think Mike might be medicated for it yeah. it's possible <laughs> um but but we had a we had a, a situation where we we never really know well we don't tell the guests who all is coming on but um I get a, a, a text from Ricky saying I got Roger Stone's coming on all right Roger Stone's coming on I was like oh shit okay this ought to be interesting so we we, we log in about five minutes before recording and and Roger Stone pops up right he's he's in there he's like hey guys what's going on and we 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 chat with him a little bit, but it's not the show hasn't gone live or anything. And he goes, God damn it. He's like, I'm having problems with my computer. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'm going to drop off, but I've got my tech guy. So um, he's going to sort me out. I'm going to drop off and I'll get, just jump back on. We're like, all right, cool. No problem. So we start the show. And uh, nobody knows that Roger Stone is coming on. Nobody knows that he had just been on earlier and, and said he had this technical problem. But he, so he come, so then he just pops in, right? He just the Zoom call. We're in the middle of the show. He pops in, and and he's on his his IT guy's computer instead of his, and his IT guy's Zoom name is on there, but it's like Enrique Pena or something like that, right? So Roger Stone gets on, and it's clearly him, right? He's got the zoot suit, you know. Yeah. He's in full Roger Looks Stone. Looks like a Batman mode. villain. It's, totally yeah (laughs) but but the name underneath it is like enrique pena and everyone's like what the fuck is going on like why that's roger stone why is he pretending to be like a spanish gentleman and (laughs) and of course we know why because he's you know there's nothing nefarious going on but everyone is kind of like what is like you can tell they're like you know what is happening and i remember thinking i remember thinking should we say something about it and explain it away or should we just let it be 
hilarious that yeah. nobody knows what's going on except that. so we just kind of made that we're like man we're not going to say anything yeah so if you go back and watch that video and i forget exactly the guy's name but it's like you'll see roger stone there with somebody else's name and people were just like who does he think he's fooling <laughs> trying to be somebody else i was like it's a long story uh, but uh, it's not that's just roger stone being being crazy roger stone i guess i mean listen yep. this is the least weird thing he's done okay so <laughs> like you should just roger- accept that he Except Sorry, go ahead and deal with it. Except, except that he's just pretending to be Hispanic, and, and 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 just consider yourself to be lucky because we did not ask him to take his shirt yeah. off and show us the Nixon tattoo <laughs> on his back. We didn't ask him to do uh, any of that stuff, which we Nixon. which we we definitely thought of. But uh, so I, that's uh, the union of that's the union of the I got him on cameo a while back just to uh, oh just to yeah. mess with my co-host. Are, did are did you are you the one that stu- that does the jingle bingles and sends them to um, Adam and John? To Adam and the John, or that, to to Mike? To 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 Adam and John saying, uh, you know, wishing somebody having them read the jingle. Oh bingle no, games? I haven't done that. No, I haven't put it. I haven't donated in a while. I got knighthood, and I donated like one time since then. I need to make a jingle yes. bingle song for OBDM though. But yes. uh, but yeah, um. Yes. We, last question do you know i guess i can ask rob to do this tonight he would know as the news director for infowars but i was wondering if uh R- roger stone and alex jones since they're subpoenaed by the senate or whatever mm-hmm. are they gonna be like on c-span testifying because that would be great oh, man i don't know that would get that would get me to watch c-span i guess for once could you imagine the rest yeah. of the time it's just for like uh I just want to see like Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and fricking Maxine Waters and people like that. Nancy Pelosi, Uh, like grilling Alex Jones. I would love it. I would love that. That would be good because I'd like to see Alex lose his cool and just start calling them all demons. I I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're going to have Rob do on. That's great. Um, Yeah. He's uh, awesome. He, yeah. I, I, um, I just talked to my buddy over uh, who was over at Infowars, and he was like, "Yeah, you." Uh, he's a great researcher. He sent me. He's like, "Hey, I got something for you. I want to scare the shit out of you <laughs> to watch this video." I said, "God damn it! <laughs> Where do you get these things? You know." So those guys at Infowars, man, they're always like a couple. They're they're always like a couple months ahead of everybody else in terms of the information. So I'm, I hope uh, I hope you have a good talk with Rob. I'm sure he's got. I'm sure shit, he's got Alex some crazy was, shit that'll. Alex and Ike were twenty years ahead of everybody else. That's true. That is yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, Rob Dews, um, every yeah. time I, he comes on, uh, he's he's a fun hang. And Crutch, it'll be there. Maybe Mike. I don't know. But uh, thanks, That'd thanks, Charlie. And uh, macroaggressions, everybody. Uh, what's the anything else? The website or anything I can link people to? The the Octopus of Global Control dot com is the website. You can find pretty much everything I'm doing there. And uh, perfect. And you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggressions, but you know, you know how that goes. I'm, all, I, I, I'm only there in, as long as they allow me to be there. And, right. and I'm sure that at some point I, I will get kicked off again. Get on I the do, Mastodon. But... Uh, oh, yeah. No, no Agenda Social or something. Or yeah, one of the uh, affiliated, because that's, that's federated. You got everybody from everything else. Jack was talking about federating Twitter to the Fediverse, but... Uh, that is not in the cards, I don't think, anymore now that he no, signed. No, nope. <laughs> but uh, They got rid of him. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is a Value for Value podcast. I've been It's been brought to my attention by multiple people that I don't point that out enough. So if you got any value out of the show, go to the shipmyass.com, top right of the page. you got the little toggle button up there. You can click donate. 
And uh, also, any of these episodes are streamed live at podtard.com. We got a chat room courtesy of Void Zero, Mark Van Dyke, and Servo. So, uh, thank you all. Thank you, Charlie. And I will see you all in a few hours for the next episode. And I'm not bragging. It's just that I didn't believe in Santa Claus at two and a half, and nobody had to tell me. I'm not bragging here, but you know, not everybody's family found a Texas. Again, I'm not bragging to say that things I've coined become popular parlance. I'm not bragging, but aren't those some big pecs? I'm not bragging when Jeff Bridges calls me. I knew Vladimir Putin listened on a routine basis. That's not bragging. I'm not bragging. I really have read thousands of books. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not some pseudo-intellectual here. I'm not bragging either. I can pretty much speed read. So I've read, let's not exaggerate. I'm, I'm not bragging. I just keep saying hundreds, and it sounds like an exaggeration. I've probably read 200 naval history books of the U.S., England, France, China, Japan, the Netherlands, the Romans, the Greeks. I mean, I really got into naval stuff for some reason. I know about the maps of the South China Sea. I'm not bragging. I just, I just know it in my head. And I'm not bragging. I mean, it's a fact, folks. I can think 50 levels up, okay? I'm not bragging. It's just a fact. Not bragging. It's, again, I'm not bragging. This isn't Alex Jones's head got big. Man, I'm not bragging. It's I'm Mr. Cool. The only reason I've always been the coolest guy around. When I was 12, and I'm not bragging, this is a normal behavior, I was going after women. I mean, I'm not bragging, but I was 14 dating college chicks. I, I'm not bragging. I can't help it. I start just saying, here, here's $50 bills. You ladies all have whatever you want. This is big, big, big mojo, okay? I mean, I'm not bragging. I mean, I'm not bragging. I just want you to get the newsflash here. I am the person that popularized the term false flag. Chuck Norris listens to us almost every day. He's not bragging about Chuck Norris. And I'll guarantee you I'm a lot stronger than Hillary. I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm a lot stronger than her. I mean, I'm just, I don't have any fear. I'm not bragging. It's weird, actually. I wish I had fear. I'm not bragging. It's just really good to be in this position. The truth is, I'm extremely vicious. Yeah, I'm not bragging. A lot, a lot of men are like that. But I mean, I'm, you know, I'm crazy. I mean, it's, you know. I got tricks a thousand times more vicious. The problem is I don't want to release this stuff on the earth, and I'm not bragging. I'm like a gorilla. I'm not bragging. I mean, it's like a war machine if I get in a fight. I'm not bragging. <laughs> I mean, I'm not bragging, but I would literally have just absolutely devastated all those people in about 10 seconds. If I was to hit somebody 20 times, they'd probably die. I can punch pretty hard, not bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm just an average guy, but I got in fights in high school. Punch me, I punch you back. And then I slam your head in the concrete. I'm not bragging, but I'm not bragging, but I come from super Texas hillbilly, you name it, basically killers. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, and we're not yeah, bragging right. about it. I, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. It's just I day one. I told you two months before it was coming, they were going to blow up the World Trade Center, blaming on bin Laden. I'm not bragging about me, and I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. We game-changed the presidency. Both leaders listen, and all the major intelligence agencies listen, and the Pentagon listens, and everybody else listens. I'm not bragging. It's a fact. I mean, I'm not bragging. It's just... And I'm not bragging. A lot of folks in the grassroots are bringing this to Trump, but we brought it directly to him. And Oprah Winfrey is coming. And I'm not bragging. I don't like saying nobody else has done the research we've done on her. I'm not bragging, but just about general concepts. I could sit around talking about quantum mechanics and M-theory with people. I'm sitting there with William Benny and I go, but doesn't a hologram of a mathematical equation of something with that much data create mathematically its own mass and create a distortion mirror of the sub key, a projection of the dark matter coding? And he was just like, I'm not talking about classified stuff. And I said, I don't want to know classified stuff. And he was, and of course, Buckley's real smart and people were there. They're like, but Alex, what are you getting into? And I just suddenly understood what I just started, started spouting the stuff off. I don't even know how I know all this stuff, folks. Half the time, I just start spewing out of my mouth. And, um, but I know that in, in the universe, they look at older parts of it and it's distorted and matter moves at a different rate. I know that with the mathematical equations. I'm a six pack. A B S N A six, the number P A C K dot com. 
the 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 the, the 